0: How's everybody? Good. Glad to hear that. Y'all had a good day? And now you're ready for the word. And every day gets better and better. All right? Amen. Amen. We live in great days. Best days that have ever been on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah cause why we hold to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. Well, let's just lift our hands and let's bless the Lord. Father, we bless you. We honor you, Father. We give you all the praise and all the glory. There's none like you, Lord Jesus. You are the glorious one, the mighty one, the living one. Thank you, Lord, that you are the lamb You 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 shed your blood to wash us clean from sin, that we can believe in you, receive you into our life, that you've given us that right and the power in doing so to become children of the Most High God. Thank you, Lord, that our heredity has been changed, our past has been wiped away, that we're new creatures in Christ. Oh, I thank you, Lord God, that we were made your righteousness. Oh, Father, we thank you so much. Eternity's not long enough to say thank you for all that you've done. No matter what we face, no matter what we deal with, Father, it does not have any authority, any power over us that we will continue to remain a new creature, will continue to remain children of the Most High God, will continue to be children of your grace and of your favor. Oh, Father, we love you, we adore you, we magnify you, Lord God. We're so grateful and so thankful for all that you are and for all that you do. Father, as we come right now to sit at your feet and be taught of your word, Father, I thank you so much that your anointing comes on the word that removes burdens and destroys yokes. That by that anointing and by the revelation of your word, the power of hell is not able to stand against it. But we will receive impartations into our heart. Life will come into our heart. Thank you, Father, that we continue to grow in your divine nature and increasing more and more and conforming to the image of Jesus, that we walk in a manner worthy of you, pleasing you in all respects, always growing in knowledge and spiritual understanding and discernment. And I just thank you and I bless you and I praise you and give you all the glory for it in the wonderful, glorious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. I'm going to ask you to open up to 2 Timothy chapter 1 this evening. And uh, we're continuing to talk on faith, real or not real. Amen. This is our, our fourth week on this. So, you know, the great thing about live stream or whether you get live stream or CDs, you can always go back and listen to them back to back and build. You know, this is not a church where we teach one subject this week, another subject next week. It's always in series all the time, and it builds, builds, line upon line upon line, and you can go back and listen to them all back to back and get the full picture of what's being said. Amen? Amen. Because you know as well as I know, you probably forgot most of last week already. I mean, that's just the way it is. There's a lot that goes on and, you know, we don't spend all of our time thinking about. It. So if you go back and you listen to them back to back, you can really get a, a good full picture. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, the Apostle Paul here is talking to Timothy and he says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. He says, I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you. The word sincere, it means genuine and without hypocrisy. So it has two meanings. The word sincere has two meanings. Sincere being genuine. Now, you know, we've we've talked about when you take the, the vats, the pottery vats, and you put them into the fire and they come out of the fire. And Some of them have cracks. Some of them don't have cracks, okay? The ones with cracks are called insincere. The ones with cracks are called sincere. All right. Because the ones that are insincere, the ones that are cracked, cannot fulfill the purpose. It's just for show. Okay. so the ones that do not have cracks, you could fill them up with water and you can use them for their purpose. The other the other definition of the word sincere is to be without hypocrisy. And we've talked about in the Greek theater where they would wear the mask and the actor was called a hypocrite because the actor was not what he was portraying himself to be. So hypocrite wasn't a bad word. It was just the name of the the actors in the theater, okay? But it has become a word that means a hypocrite. You are not what you seem to be. You show off one thing, but you're something else. Okay, like insincere pottery. It looks good. I mean, looking at it, it looks great. But you go to fill it up with water and it's going to leak out because there are cracks in it. So it's not what it seems to be. Well, Timothy did not wear a spiritual mask. He had real faith and his actions proved it. With Timothy, it was not about the show. It was all about the faith. Okay, go to First Thessalonians chapter one. In verse 3, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. You know, the one thing, a little side note that stands out to me is faith, love, and hope. Remember those three remain, Okay. Your work of faith. Now, the Greek says, bearing in mind your work produced by faith. Your work produced by faith. Corresponding actions always follows real faith. Okay? You didn't have to figure it. Didn't have to reason it. Didn't have to rationalize it. You know, Acts chapter 3... Peter and John came to the gate, beautiful, and the, the man that was begging looked at them, expected to receive something, and Peter said, silver and gold, I have none, but what I have, I give to you. Amen. Okay? So, what I have, I give. Now, the words alone didn't bring change to the man. You know, what does it profit us to say things Be warmed, be filled, but not giving what's needed, all right? Now, did Peter and John have gold and silver with them? No, but what they did have was the name of Jesus. Why did Peter and John do that? Because that's what they heard to do, okay? So what I hear is what I do. What I hear is what I do. What I hear is what I do. What usually comes in between hearing and doing? Rationalizing? Figuring it out? Huh? That's what we do a lot of times. We reason things. But what I hear is what I do. What I hear is what I do. What I hear is what I do. If you want to live on the edge of your seat, you need to start getting into what I hear is what I do. Well, what if I don't hear right? So you'll screw it up. Go back again and do it again. That's all. What's the big deal? Jesus ain't falling off the throne. You're not dropping dead. Just get it back together and get back in there again. So what if you miss it? That's your fear, and that's what keeps you paralyzed. Well, what if I pray for them and they don't get well? That's why you don't pray for them, because you might look bad. And when you get over your embarrassment, you'll start hearing and doing, hearing and doing, hearing and doing. Amen. So, what if you miss God and things don't work? Well, what if it was God and you don't do it? Which Where, where would you rather look foolish, to God or for God? So... Some people like to think, you know, I'm, I'm not wise in the things of the world. I'm wise in the things of God. I take the other approach. I'm a fool. I am a fool. I'll either be a fool for God or I'll be a fool to God. What kind of fool do I want to be? Forget about the wisdom because that just makes you want to think you're smart. Just, just take the approach that you're the fool. And you can be a fool for God any single time. Because God has chosen the foolish things of the world, to confound the wise. Amen? All right, that was just a little side note. I don't think it hurt you. So, constantly bearing in mind your work that is produced by faith. What I hear, faith comes by, so what I hear is what I do. Why? Because it's work produced by faith. All right, James 2, 17. Thank you, Jesus. Praise, praise, praise you, Lord. James 2, 17, even so faith, if it has no works, is dead, begin by itself. All right, even so. Now, we know that before this, and we talked about it last week, James said, if you see your brother or sister in need of food, in daily need, and you say, be warm, they're in need of clothes, and you say, be warm, be filled, and you send them on their way and don't give them what they need, it says, what does it profit them? So even so, or along this line in what I've been talking to you, this is the lesson that you learn from this. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. So what does that mean? If I hear and I don't do. If I hear and I don't do. What I heard is dead. Because I didn't do. Are you with me? Faith without works is dead. The word faith, the Greek, the Greek definition of faith is being solidly persuaded. One who is faithful, loyal, and steadfast. Therefore, they are dependable, dedicated, constant, unfailing, and unwavering. It's, it's a position of being, having a rock-solid belief and being convinced to the core. See, nobody can talk you out of the new birth because you're convinced to the core. Nobody can talk to you about being filled with the Holy Ghost because you're convinced to the core. Nobody could tell you that tongues passed away. You're convinced to the core. Nobody could tell you healing don't happen anymore. You're convinced to the core. Of course, the more you experience God, the more you are convinced to the core. So if all of those things are true and all those things are right and all of those things are faith, then what about the other things I hear? Why wouldn't it be the same thing? So to have faith, to be solidly persuaded, to be faithful, loyal, and steadfast to that faith, that you're dependable, dedicated, constant, unfailing, and unwavering when it comes to standing in faith. And it's a rock-solid belief that you are convinced to the core. Faith. That's what faith is. See, faith is not, oh, yeah, that's what I want. That ain't faith. Not even close. Do you know why most people don't develop faith? Because they're not falling down almost dead on the ground. See, it's when people have major problems, then all of a sudden they want to develop faith. Why do you wait to that point? Why don't we develop faith all the time? Oh, I'm really pushing in for it. Why don't you always push in? Why do we have levels of things that we want to believe for? Why aren't we always just pushing in? That's why we don't live by faith. We deal with problems supposedly by faith. But you haven't developed a lifestyle of it. If you haven't developed a lifestyle of it, it's really hard in times of trouble to develop it. Romans 12.3, we'll come back here. Romans 12.3. It says, for, though, for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith or the measure of faith. He gave to each of us the measure of this rock solid, convinced to the core faith. He gave us a measure of that's why you could get saved. He gave us the measure of it. Romans 1, 17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. But the righteous man shall live by this rock solid, convinced to the core faith. We are to live or pass our life, not deal with trouble. But pass our life, living your everyday walking around, breathing life in this rock solid faith, convinced to the core. What are you walking in rock solid faith and convinced to the core about today? How many things are in your life right now that you're depending on this right here? The arm of the flesh, because I just do this every day. I can do this, I, I do this every day. Arm of the flesh. But are you walking by faith, with a rock-solid, convinced to the core, faith about the things you're doing? Live. Live by faith. We could substitute the word live and say breathe. Because when you stop breathing, you stop living. So in order to live, you need to... So every minute you're breathing, you ought to be doing by... Rock solid, convinced to the core, faith. And I'm not talking about faith that Jesus is Lord. Well, you're on your way to heaven. We already know that. We're talking about living by faith. Living by a rock solid, convinced to the core, faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So you got saved by being convinced to the core with a rock-solid belief which attached to the grace of God. It wasn't by works. It was by faith. Rock-solid, convinced to the core, I need Jesus as Lord of my life. I need Jesus in my life. Is that right? So then why does it change afterwards? Why would it change after you get saved? You know, Romans 10, 9 and 10 covers salvation. Well, my Bible goes from Genesis to Revelation. So how much is there in there for you and me to live every day to get a hold of so that I can develop rock solid, convinced to the core about something in that word. And it means unwavering, right? Unwavering, solidly persuaded, faithful and loyal and steadfast to the thing that I believe, that I would be constant, unfailing, rock solid, convinced to the core. What does it mean to be convinced of the poor? Nobody can pull it out of you. There is not. You know, this is why the Apostle Paul said, what should we say to these things? Who could separate me? Who could separate? I'm convinced to the core. There's nothing. There's not death, not life, not angels, not demonic forces. There's not persecutions. There's nothing that can come against me and pull this rock-solid belief out of me. Amen? Amen? And that's why he lived the way he lived. Because he lived by that rock-solid belief every day. James 2.17, we'll go back there. So again, he says, even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself, okay? And he says, if, if he has no faith, and what it really is saying here, if he strangely and remarkably and emphatically does not possess actions. Faith, if he strangely, he's saying it like this. Wait wait a minute. Faith, it's quite strange and very remarkable that it don't have actions. This is very strange and very remarkable that it don't have actions. Even so, faith, if very remarkably, strangely, and emphatically does not have actions, then that faith that you say is dead. And the word dead in the Greek means lifeless. Faith without action is lifeless. It has no motion. You never have to worry about coming back to a dead person, and they've moved to a different position. Where'd they go? You don't have to worry about that. You know, I don't mean this rudely, but have you ever gone to awake and worry about the person might, when you turn your back on them, they're going to jump on you? (laughs) I don't mean that rudely, you know, but you understand what I'm saying. Faith is dead. It's not going to be moving. It's lifeless. Faith without action resembles a lifeless person. Real faith has movement. Real faith has life. It has vitality. Okay? Remember 2 Peter 1.5, add to your faith, what's the first thing? Which is? Power and energy. Real faith has energy. I'm not talking about hanging from the chandelier and just, you know, going bonkers and berserk. I'm talking about movement. It moves. The Red Sea. Mountains on each side. The sea in front of them. Pharaoh coming up behind them. What was the instructions God gave Moses? Tell my people what? Go forward. Go forward. Why? Because faith always goes forward. That's the energy of faith to move you forward. When we talked about, when we talked about that you would that you would get a revelation and unveiling within you of the unlimited riches of God's favor, God's glory, and God's grace within you so that you could be strengthened with might. Because what does that mean? That when I start to get more and more unveiled, I have more energy to move in the direction I need to move in. This is not about sitting still. God don't sit still. Real faith produces energy to do it. Strong and courageous. We talked about that. For what? To do. Strong and courageous to do what faith says. Meditate, he says in Joshua. Meditate on the word that you would observe to do it. How many times have you believed the Holy Spirit that he's directed you and you were convinced of it? But it wasn't easy. Well, are we, we going to change what we declared the Holy Spirit said because it wasn't easy? If that's true, then the Apostle Paul was a fool. Because if there's anybody that didn't have it easy, it was the Apostle Paul. Nobody had more troubles than the Apostle Paul. And yet he just kept on going and believing God. And Jesus even said, Paul, my grace, the unlimited riches of my glory and my grace strengthens you. My grace is sufficient for you. Thank you Lord Jesus. Amen. Verse 18. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. All right. Someone may well say, so you say you have a hold on faith. You said you have faith. You have Or you are solidly persuaded. You have faith. You're faithful, loyal, steadfast in this faith. Therefore, you're dependable, you're dedicated, you're constant, you're unfailing, and you're unwavering when it comes to this faith. You have a rock-solid belief, and you are convinced to the core about this faith. I, on the other hand, I have works. One says they possess faith. On the other hand, another one says they possess works or corresponding actions. And works means deeds, activity, the outward accompanying actions, outward proof and evidence of faith. It shows something observable as evidence to those that are looking on, seeing something visibly that authenticates and proves to onlookers the reality of this faith. Do I have to say that again? No, you don't want to hear it again. Okay. Most people say, well, I tell you what, when God moves, that's just going to prove to these people that I was right. Well, sorry, wrong attitude, wrong motive. And here's the second thing. What are you waiting for? Why don't you show them? You know why you don't show them? Because you don't have real faith. Now, understand, real faith means it has come alive on the inside. You might be in the position to where you're meditating, renewing your mind. But too many times as Christians, we misunderstand and we confuse renewing our mind with real faith. Real faith has actions and you'll see results. When you get to that place to where real faith comes alive in you, it'll produce actions and you will see results. If you're not there, then understand, you're meditating. You're renewing your mind. You're getting it on the inside of you. Are you with me? And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the process of developing faith. Amen. Hallelujah. See, you got to move out of waiting and move into doing. You know, so many times we say that I'm just waiting on God. No, he's waiting on you. You're not waiting on him. Because on the other side of that is, oh, all things are possible for God. Well, we know that. It's not God's at the issue. It's us. It's us that needs to get to the place of real faith. Real faith produces. Go to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2, Old Testament. Towards the end of the Old Testament. It's in the little book section. I would tell you to go to your table of contents, but most people either don't have a Bible anymore or they just look at the TV. So just wait till it comes up up there. Which doesn't help you when you have to pull out your sword. It's like going and watching a, a people fighting with swords and you think you're the sword fighter. You're not the sword fighter unless you know how to use your own sword. You know, David didn't use Saul's equipment. You know, this is not really your equipment. You have your own equipment, and if you don't use it, you're going to be in trouble when you need to pull your sword out. This stuff up here, live stream, all that was never meant to be something to make you more comfortable. It's only there for people that have a need. If you have a Bible, you don't have a need. You need to use your Bible. Okay. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision, inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may warn. Okay, so when I hear, I receive vision. When that vision becomes clear, then I can do it. Record the vision, inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run with it. Who's the first one that should run with it? The one that heard it. You don't hear it to go tell everybody else what they need to do. You ain't doing it, forget it. You have nothing to share with anybody. If you're not doing it, you're just sharing a theory. Unless you're a prophet. And we'll just let that go by the wayside. Notice what he said. I will stand my God. I will station myself and I will keep watch. For what? To see what he will speak to me. Well, how will he speak to you? Through the word. Through prayer. Speaking in tongues. Times of worship. Sitting and hearing a teaching, listening in your spirit, lifestyle. So you hear from them by lifestyle. This is not about when I have a problem and I run to God. This is lifestyle. This is about setting your nucleus in life, lifestyle. What is my lifestyle? Stand my God, station myself, keep watch to see what he'll say to me. Many Christians say things like, I believe God, I have faith. And they remain in a state of inactivity, waiting for God to do something. Rather than looking to God to say something. Most Christians don't wait for God, look to God to say something. They look to God to do something. Oh, God, I need you to do something. And why does God want to say something? So he can do it through your obedience. And how is he going to say something again? By the word of God, through the Holy Spirit, through ministry, speaking in your own human spirit. But we have to have a desire to hear. And we desire to hear for what reason? In order to not know, but do. I want to hear so that I can do, so that I can obey, because that's corresponding actions to what I've heard. You know, when I worked in the uh, automotive business and I worked in this one shop and they heard that I was a minister, all of a sudden they started looking at me every day because they'd want to see how I'm going to act, how I'm going to react to situations. And your actions and your life is to become evident Every, I, I didn't go around the shop telling people, you know, about Jesus and tell people, you know, you need to believe. And tell people about, you know, as there was opportunity, I would. But you know what? They had to look at my life. Yeah. You know, if my life was a life of um, cheating people, they're not going to listen to me. If my life was a life of getting upset because they caught it uh, and uh, uh, cooperate with what I wanted to do and I started cussing they're not going to listen to me. If I go over and look at all their penthouse calendars with them, they're not going to listen to me. They're going to watch and see how I act because they're going to look at my lifestyle because your life is what's evident to everybody. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? It becomes evident to all. See, when it comes to be evident to all, we're talking about the natural unsaved person. We're talking about the carnal Christian that neither one of them knows anything other than what they see. That's a point of carnality. You only know what you see. You can't see beyond what you see. You judge whether something's God or not based on what you see. It's carnality. Are you with me? Where are we? Habakkuk. Go back over to James 2 2.18. So therefore, your lifestyle has to be outward into the natural realm where everybody can see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For some people, that's not a happy thought. He says, but someone may well say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Basically, he's saying, you have faith, show me your faith without the works. In other words, demonstrate me your faith without corresponding actions. Go ahead, demonstrate it for me. You just said you have faith, demonstrate it. Show me this faith of yours. Show me your, show me a faith that does not have corresponding actions in it. And I'll show you faith by corresponding actions. But he says here, show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. That word by in the Greek actually means in a position. I will show you my faith inside of my faith. I'll show, I'll show you my faith And inside my faith is my works. You will see my faith because inside my faith is works. Actions. The righteous shall live by. The righteous shall live inside of faith. So how do you breathe? How do you breathe? You breathe every single moment. And if you lose a breath, you're going to get nervous. The righteous shall live every breath inside of faith. And anything you do outside of faith is dead. That's something to think about. Because none of us are there. And every single one of us needs to grow in it. And if you think you're there, come see me later. I'll help you out. The righteous are to live inside of faith. Faith without works is works outside of faith. And if you live in that faith, then anything outside of that is not living. It's dead. Dead works. Are you with me? Now, again, I'm not talking about your economic issues. I'm not talking about your health issues. I'm not talking about your relationship issues. I'm not talking about what you need, what you want, what you got to have, and what you want to believe God for. I'm talking about every moment breathing inside faith. Whether you have an economic issue or not, whether you have a health issue or not, whether you have a relationship issue or not, whether there's something you want or not, whether it's something you need or not, whether it's something you got to have or not, does not matter every moment living inside of faith. You know what that means? It means you got some studying to do. It means that one hour in church a week ain't going to cut it. Not if you're going to be inside faith on a regular basis. Well, pastor, you know, there are other things. Yes, I do know there are other things, and you can make a choice of whether you're going to be in faith or out of faith. Do you ever wonder why it's so hard when problems come up of trying to get things to work? Because you don't live that way. you got to live that way. See, the unshakable kingdom, the economy tanks who really gives a rip. There's a pandemic who really gives a rip. Who cares? I don't care what they're doing out there. They're all going to hell. I don't care what they're doing. I'm not getting on the train with them. How about you? Thank you. That's why you're on the front row. (laughs) You want to float downstream with the world? That's up to you. I'm going upstream with God. Amen. Go ahead and demonstrate your faith without corresponding actions. You say you have faith, but if you don't have corresponding actions, you're living outside of this faith and you're not inside faith. You're not passing your life inside of faith. I will show you and authenticate to you and prove to you my faith because it's displayed in corresponding actions. I don't even have to tell you what I believe. All you have to do is look at my life, you know what I believe. I'm sure by now most of you know that I believe in not cussing. (laughs) Most of you probably know that I believe in not drinking any kind of alcohol. And then people say, not even wine. So what, is wine not alcohol? Wine's alcohol. In fact, wine today is what the Bible called strong drink. Strong drink in the Bible was not Jack Daniel's. It was wine that they drink today. The wine that was not strong drink that they used for their stomach was probably 17 parts water and a little one part of a little bit of, of wine just for that, because they didn't have Pepto-Bismol. Are you with me? Yes. So if you know me, anything about me, you know, I go to weddings. I'll hold up a toast, but I ain't drinking that stuff if it's not non-alcoholic. I went to a Christian wedding, and it was outside, and it was a hot day. And um, Pastor Nid said, I'm thirsty. Could you get me something to drink? And I went over to the table, and I'm looking around, and I said, do you have anything here that's non-alcoholic? They said, No. I said, okay, mama, we're staying thirsty. (laughs) Are you with me? Mm -hmm. See, but I don't have to tell you what I believe, just have to be around me. I could stand up here and tell you all kinds of things, but actually you don't know if that's true. You don't know if I'm sharing with you theology, a theory, an experience, a, a what. But when you know me, because I'm the shepherd of the sheep, yeah. and the shepherd hangs around the sheep, and the sheep get to know the shepherd. Yeah. That's why I have no problem being around you. I don't go hiding someplace like, well, can't be around the people. They're going to get to know me. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> so, again, you say you have faith, but if you don't have corresponding actions, you're living outside of this faith and not inside faith. You're not passing your life inside of faith, living by faith. I will show you, authenticate to you, and prove to you my faith by displaying corresponding actions that brings results. Now let's look at a common example in the Bible in Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five, verse 25 through 27, the first part of verse 27. 25 through the first part of 27. And we know this the woman with the issue of blood. And a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse after hearing about Jesus. Stop. She heard about Jesus. Does she have faith? Yeah she might but you don't know she just heard now how does faith come by hearing hearing, but is it real faith that she has well it goes on to say she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak verse 28 for she thought or she said and she kept on saying if I touch his garments I'd get well so what did she do she acted on what she believed real faith see real faith had corresponding actions Real faith was not stopped because Jairus was out there. Real faith was not stopped because of the multitude being out there. Real faith was not stopped because of the physical condition she was in. Real faith did not stop because of what society thought about her. It didn't stop. Real faith uh, prompted her and moved her into action. Because it was real faith. Amen. Corresponding actions is what proves faith with results. There's no need to tell others when they can see our faith. Our life being out of the midst of and the nucleus of faith based on the word of God and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. This should be our life on a regular basis. The church is supposed to be supernatural And not walking like mere men. Like Paul talked to the carnal Christians in Corinth. I couldn't talk to you like spiritual. You're still people of the flesh and you're walking just like everybody else. You make decisions based on just what everybody else does. You perceive things based on what everybody else does. Whatever society says, that's what you go along with. You're just like mere men. You're everybody else. Except that you're going to heaven, but you're living like hell. And he wants the church to be supernatural. Yes, he is. Yep. Amen. Living daily, every day, in our walking around life, out from faith. And my life that is seen is an outgrowth of my faith. Hallelujah. John chapter 5. Verse 30, John chapter 5, verse 30. Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not speak my own will. I'm sorry, I do not seek my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. I can do nothing. I do not have the power of myself to accomplish anything of the kingdom of God. Nothing. As I hear, I judge what I hear. What are we supposed to do? Stand our post. Stand God. Keep watch. That I would hear. As I hear, I judge what I hear. Is what I hear based on and in line with the word of God? Is it God's will? As a watchman, I hear. I hear and I judge what I hear. Then I do what i hear when i know that it's from the holy spirit or out from my human spirit you know you can't trust everything that comes out of your spirit do you know that you can't not unless you've trained it in the word of god it'll lead you astray just like anything else you put the wrong things in you get the wrong things out but the more you train your human spirit in the word of god the safer and safer it will be to guide you and direct you. When the Apostle Paul said, I perceive that this is going to be with damage, this trip. Well, that came out from his spirit. So how did he know? How, how could he trust that to be true? Because he lived that way. He lived like that. We were going to go to Asia, but then the Holy Spirit forbade us. And then I got a vision I knew we were supposed to go to Macedonia. He lived in that place. Yeah, well, you know, Pastor, he was in the ministry. You're not? And, you know, this is why we talk about people that uh, wound up with complications. They were in the hospital. They wind up in complications. And they don't get out of the hospital for several days when they've been trying to get home to take care of their father-in-law. Anxious, worried about their father-in-law. And finally gets out of the hospital and gets home and finds out that the father-in-law made amends with the estranged daughter. That if this woman was there, that would not have happened. But because she was out of the way, it could have. Well, you see, God caused complications. Why couldn't God just tell her, don't go see father-in-law? Because she wouldn't listen. That's why. Because she already thought she was father-in-law's answer. So when you don't listen, you open yourself up to complications. God don't have to complicate anything. There's a devil there that's very willing to oblige you. See, but what's the difference? She sought her own will. Jesus said he sought the will of the father that's the difference as a watchman i hear and i judge what i hear cuz i don't seek my own will and i want what's in line with the word of god and leadership of the holy spirit amen, amen. james 2:19 let's go back there again james 2:19 he says, you believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder or tremble. So he says here, in the Greek, it actually says, so you say you believe, do you? He said, well, you do well. You do good. You do beautiful. That's super. But yet, the devil and the demons, they believe. Same word for faith. They have a rock-solid Believing to the core, they are convinced, without any doubt, that there is one God. (laughs) And none of the phony ones they came up with are any good. They are convinced to the core that there's one God. Their faith is so intense that they tremble, shudder, and have tremors at the very thought of this God that they believe. Isn't that what happened when Jesus would show up? The demons would tremble. They would shudder and they'd say, oh, have you come to to torment us before our time of judgment? Isn't that right? Because every time he'd show up, they would just start to cry out and shake and tremble. There is nobody on the face of the earth that believes in God like the devil does. Nobody. Nobody. He's had first-hand experience of being at the right hand. He's had first-hand experience of doing what you ought not to do and first-hand experience of being thrown out twice. The first time Jesus saw him fall from heaven like lightning, him and a third of the angels that tried to take over heaven, and the second time was when Jesus rose from the dead and he was put out once and for all. Amen. Amen. The devils, the demons, also believe. They have an intense faith in believing God. And as intense as their faith is, it's not real. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have it. It's not real because their faith, as strong as it is, is dead because it can't change anything. Look at the message translation, verse 19. Do I hear you professing to believe in the one and only God, but then observe your complacency? Observe you complacently sitting back as if you had done something wonderful? That's how people are, aren't they? Oh, I have faith. I have faith. Like it's something wonderful. Wonderful. Like you did something on your own to, to, pro, to develop this faith or to create this faith when it's just a gift. Right. If you have faith, the faith comes alive inside you, you ought to go, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But that's what he's saying. You're professing to believe and you just sit there as if you've done something so wonderful. And he says, that's just great, super, wonderful. Demons do that. But what good does it do them? So what is he saying? Don't imitate the devil's lifestyle. Don't have faith that don't do you any good. Have the kind of faith that will create actions. There's nothing they can do. There's there's no action at all that they can do in the intense faith that they believe that God is God. Nothing they can do. And that faith is so intense. How many times has the Spirit of God come on you and you, you felt that on the inside? It goes shaking and <laughs> imagine what they're feeling. There's no doubt that they, they know. They know. All eternity they're going to go stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> Verse 20, he says, but are you willing to recognize, foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Foolish, are you willing to recognize foolish? The word foolish in the Greek means empty, hollow, and shallow thinker. Empty, it's actually empty-headed. Hollow and shallow thinker. One that lacks understanding and insight. Now remember in Galatia where they returned back to doing works. And what was works? Works was outside of faith. And he says, who has bewitched you, O foolish Galatians? Have you not thought about this? Are you such a shallow thinker that you can't see what you've done? Where you've moved out of faith and over into dead works. And this is what he's saying. Can you not see this? Are you so shallow in your thinking that you do not see? You've moved out of faith to which you've gotten saved by, but you've gone back into dead works again. Faith without works is useless. Now, King James says faith without works is dead, but the actual translation is useless because it's a different Greek word. Before it was dead, but now it's useless. Different Greek word, okay? And this means idle, inactive, unemployed, slothful. It accomplishes nothing, therefore it's worthless. It's unprovable. What if you had $50,000 in your hand of currency? That was useless. If only we cried over our faith, that was useless. But you see, what do we do? We think, just like you said over there in verse 19, we think we're really something. It's wonderful. I have faith. Really? What's it doing? What is it doing? Is it moving you along? Are you taking steps? Are you increasing? Are you, are you, are you going forward? What is it doing? If it's not doing anything, then you got $50,000 in your hand that's not spendable, yeah. worthless, unprovable. It even means the word "useless." Even means to be injurious, to injure you. Yeah. Faith without works will injure you. James one twenty two. How does it injure you? Well, he says right here, "Prove yourselves doers of the word." and not merely hearers who delude themselves. If you're not doing, you're deluding. That's something you ought to write down and never forget. If you're not doing, then you're deluding. The word deluding implies error. There's error. To wrongly exercise one's reasoning. To think we know something that we really don't know it. Because we've heard it, we don't do it it's unprovable, it's worthless, it's useless. But we think we're wonderful because we have faith. But we're deluding because we're not doing. Somebody might have heard, maybe a, a child, a kid, heard about Superman and think, if I have a cape, I could fly off of a building. That would be injurious thinking. Why? Because I think I know something that I really don't. A man that I knew back in the 80s thought that he's going to let God supply all of his needs. He quit his good paying job. He lost everything, lost his house, lost his car, almost lost his family. Had to get out of town, bought an old junk car just to get out of town. Lived under depression. Why? Because he was deceived in his thinking, thinking that he could do something that he couldn't do because he didn't know it. He was in dead works, didn't act on the word of God alive in his heart, acted foolishly. And the works he did was outside of faith. Someone might think that they're saved because of being a good person. They've kept the golden rule. They care for other people about, uh, more than they care about themselves. But then comes the day of judgment, and that will be eternally injurious. Are you with me? Prove yourself, doers of the word. Prove yourselves. Let me just you can write these scriptures down. Romans 12, 2, you know it. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, that you would prove that, that which is the good will of God, good, perfect, and acceptable. The Phillips translation says you would prove it in practice. Prove it in practice. 2 Timothy 2.15 says to be diligent, study, show yourself approved to God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed. A workman, not a knower, not a thinker, not a reasoner, a workman. Study so you can work and do the word. Amen. Meditate on the word that you would observe to do it. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, every scripture is inspired by God, good for teaching, for reproof, for training and righteousness, that the man of God would be adequate unto every good deed, work. Every good work. The word makes you adequate to work. God don't run a welfare system. He don't pay you for sitting home. He pays you for working. Working his word. That's where the recompense comes from, working the word. Brings results, brings rewards. This one you can turn to, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. And we'll close here. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. He's created us in Christ Jesus for good works, not self works, but God works. And do you think that there's anything that God would have you work outside of His Word? So, good works, God works, is a product of His Word. His Word coming alive in our heart, the soil of our heart growing the seed of the word into faith and instructions that comes from the Holy Spirit. I'm a watchman. I take my post. I stand my God. I watch for what he would say to me. For as he says, I will write it down and make it plain so that I can run with it and do that which he said. Whether he says it to me as I'm reading the word, whether he says it to me as I'm in prayer, he says it to me as I'm praying in tongues, he says it to me in worship, he says it to me uh, while I'm listening to a teaching, he says it to me through gifts of the spirit, he says it to me through a prophetic word. However he might say it, I'm listening. He can send a dog my way. And just like the donkey, he could use that dog to talk to me. If I am that dull that he can't get to me, He'll use a dog to talk to me. Yes, he will. Amen. Corresponding actions and good works that are living works that comes from the inside of faith. This is how the righteous man lives His every day walking around moment by moment, breathing life. Convinced to the core. Solidly persuaded, unwavering in that which they said they believe and works, corresponding actions. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I believe that in these sessions that we've had, the Spirit of God has really brought out a lot for us to take hold of. And it would do us well to take the time and go over them and listen to them. Do it with your Bible. Go verse by verse. Take notes. Keep them before you. And hear it again so that it can come alive On the inside of you. Amen. And I believe that we'll have. One more week. In this direction. Next week. I believe it'll be just one more week. But we'll see. But it's line upon line. Precept upon precept. A little here. A little there. Get it in your heart. You don't need to get the whole thing. Get one thing. Get one thing. And then add another thing to it. And you'll see the big picture starts to come about that you'll be able to walk in and live in. Father, we bless you, Father. Oh, we thank you so much. Thank you for all that you are and for all that you do. Thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for loving us, Lord. Thank you for your word, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for grace, for faith, that it's all a gift, that it's produced salvation, that I can live in this salvation Because I can live inside the same faith that was in me to be saved. Father, I thank you we don't move outside of faith into dead works. But everything I do is a product of the faith that is in me. That we develop the habit of listening within our spirit. We develop the habit of staying focused within our spirit. Father, that we grow in knowing the difference between what's in our spirit, what's in our emotions, what's in our mind. Just because I have a good thought doesn't mean it's a God thought. But help me to discern the difference and to know that leading of your spirit within me. Father, I thank you. I thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Oh, I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, as we come before you right now with our giving, you said that each one of us should do as we purpose in our heart. And we may just purpose in our heart to give. We may purpose in our heart to hear from heaven what it is that we need to give. But whatever it is, we purpose. And out of that purpose, Father, we sow our seed today. And you will supply and multiply back to us seed for sowing and increase the harvest that comes from our righteous act of giving. Father, I thank you for it and bless you and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen, amen, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you joined us on live stream tonight, thanks so much for being with us tonight. I do pray that the word of God has jogged your thinking and really solidified your position to whether it be whether you're in faith or whether you are in the place of renewing your mind, meditating on the word, solidify that place, know where you're at and know where you need to grow from and know where you need to grow into. And when real faith comes alive in you, there will be actions for you to move in and act on. Hallelujah. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net. Click on the giving link. And I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. If there's anything that we can stand in prayer with you about, please email us, let us know. It's always an honor and a privilege to stand in faith with you. Amen.